right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tour Stop Podcast. Becca Trimmel returns to the pod. Yay. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming to my house this time instead of the old podcast studio. Yeah, this is um, this is not a podcast studio. No. Oh, so. thanks for the shade already. <laughs> wow, that took that took less than a minute to get some shade. <laughs> no, that's a great setup. We have a dog this time. Yes, you do get to see my wiener. Yes. <laughs> Thank God. She is a cutie, and she's uh, she's sitting on the couch right now. Yeah, um, that's giving her me couch. those big old baleful eyes because she wants the stuffed PBR can, <laughs> and she's I have to be like really careful when she has it because she wants to eat the cotton out of it. Yeah, it, it looks destroyed. It's oh my so. god. <laughs> yeah, she's she has had her way with it, mm. and every now and then she just wants to sit and squeak it, but. Uh, right now, she's going through a phase of where she only wants to eat it. Mm. But that was the first toy that she picked out herself. I didn't, I didn't give her the PBR. She just walked around the store and she's like, "This one, <laughs> like ah, uh, like, like, like daughter, like like father, father like daughter, <laughs> like father like daughter, <laughs> father like daughter." <laughs> yeah, that's so cute. No, but how are you, Becca? Welcome back. I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Drinking Bell Mead. Bell Mead. <laughs> Just I like the last is, time yes, we this drank is exactly this the last time. We did last time. <laughs> uh, I actually was driving back from somewhere. I can't remember. I was on a long road trip and I went back and listened to you and I's first podcast. Yeah, episode. I listened to it recently, too. And I was like, this is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kept out loud saying like how I would respond. And then I would respond like that in the <laughs> podcast. And I was like. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, that is something that I that would is, say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we were drinking Bellmead Reserve last time, you know, the high proof stuff. So we won't get quite as tipsy this time. With well, this, I mean, oh, well, <laughs> you're like, oh, maybe. <laughs> don't don't doubt me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so welcome back. What have you been up to lately? What's what's it like in the life of the little lion Becca? Jeez. Well, um, I was traveling traveling a lot in August, and I've just kind of been trying to get my hack together a little <laughs> bit in September. My birthday was recently, so yeah, it was. We did a full band release That's show with right. you at the Hard Rock. That's right. Yeah, it was amazing. I feel like my band has never sounded better. Like it was your band sounded fucking great. Yeah, it was good, right? <laughs> Sammy Potts on the drums. I know. She is a damn rock star. She's a force to be reckoned with for sure. I think she's currently being reckoned with. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. No, no she's, she's on the incredible. road with Shane Prophet, right? Yeah, she and is. Lauren Weintraub. Yes. Right? I think so. I think she does a couple shows. With okay. Lauren. Because I know she's on the road with Brandon Ellis. Yeah, Brent. Brent who's Brandon also in does. Shane's band, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. wonder what that's like, being a hired gun. Well, it's funny because they didn't know each other, like, at all. when really? they When they got hired for the band. And then Sammy was like, oh, yeah, Brandon Ellis is in the band, too. He, like, you guys know each other? And I was like, oh, my God, my favorite people <laughs> all traveling together. And now they're, like, best friends. And it's so cute. I love that. I know. Because Brandon also met Lauren at Nashville Tour Stop yeah. when we did that first sold out show at the basement. Yeah, back she's in twenty twenty one. And he and I were talking about that the other day. Uh, I think it was boat day actually when we all went out on yep. the pontoon. But he and I were talking about. It. He's like, "Man, I don't think I would have gotten that gig with Lauren if I hadn't played that show with you." And I was like, oh, "I'm contributing." It's honestly <laughs> crazy. Like I think about this a lot. It's crazy how just like a single moment or just like one night can 
actually determine like so many things your in your life. Yeah, exactly. Like I was talking, um, I've been talking about this lately. Like I've been here for 10 years. I moved here 10 years ago this August. And my very first day at Belmont, I met Emery. The first really? day that I moved to Nashville, I met Emery. And she's like, Emery Adeline, I'm sure you know her. Yeah, <laughs> but, she, was on, she was on the podcast yes. about eight episodes ago. Right. And like, she's my best friend. Like, we've gone on a cruise ship together. We've like lived together. We've played shows together. We're in a band together. Like, it's just crazy that on my very first day moving here, I met people who are still instrumental in my life and not just Emery, you know? So it's crazy. It is, it is kind of hard to also look at it like that. Cause sometimes when you meet someone, you're like, Oh, I just met this person right in your brain. You're not going like, you're going to be very one of important. The most important people in my life. Right. Forever. Now. Yeah. No, it's so true. Or like sometimes when I'm like, Oh, I could stay home or I could go do this thing. It's like, it makes me want to go do the thing because mm -hmm. I'm like, what if I miss out on like these years that it could alter the rest of my life? Right. Like that's one reason why it's hard turning stuff down yeah. in Nashville because FOMO. <laughs> in, in your brain, it would be like playing the lottery. Like you play the same lottery numbers every week and you know the one the one time yeah. you don't play it is gonna be the week that you would hit the super mega right. millions, powerball, whatever. It's like the same time you don't take that one dinky riders round at wherever bar in joesville wherever nowhereville totally. tennessee will be the one time that that lineup had like scott borchetta's there and i'm looking right. to find someone or like, like yeah exactly this is why it's just like scary living here because the <laughs> opportunity does exist yeah everywhere all the time like so after i graduated belmont i didn't play out for a while i was just like not really Did you i wasn't yeah and i just wasn't i was like oh i'm not a, i'm not a like singer i'm not an artist i'm just a songwriter so i just was not focused on playing rounds or shows or anything and then i was like okay i'm gonna get back into it my confidence is up and the very first round i played was at 404 bar and grill oh <laughs> which is where tour stop where started tour stop was but i also met like so many people that i'd never really had to ask to play around again after right. that like it just like spiraled into oh you'll get pulled in this round oh you'll get and there was no one there like you know what i mean it's just there could be nobody there and it could still be so important in your life like mm -hmm. i met caroline delone at like a random commodore um, really? grill round and like and then she was coming to tour stop after that and like because i invited her to my round so i i ought to have her on the podcast because the first question I always ask people is how we met. Yeah. And in my brain right now, I'm racking it. I can't remember how she I came met to Caroline. tour stop. And I was like, I introduced you because she came to see me play because we had met at Commodore. Was that at Belcourt? Yeah. Is that Belcourt? And then she was there. And also like Caroline's the type of person who she says she's going to do something and she, she does. does it. Right. She's like, I'm going to come to your show. Then she'll like go to your show, <laughs> right. which most people are like, Oh, when, when's the next time you're playing? Maybe I'll try to come by. And then uh. you never see them again. <laughs> and like she's just not she's not like that she's i was talking with emory about i think it was emory <clears throat> about that about how like it's so impossible i don't want to say impossible but like really difficult to get people to show up to stuff because yeah. she was talking about how at any given moment any night there's seven shows that you've been invited to yeah and at least from my perspective like a lot of the time i don't want to do anything right like <laughs> Like, sorry to all of my friends who invite me to shows, 
my favorite thing to do is nothing. Yeah. Well, you I, also like are at shows multiple times a week. Super you know? overstimulating. Right. And you might be able to relate to it, but like when I do my shows, like whether or not it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or whatever, I have to be Aaron Schild, comma, Nashville tour stuff. Mm -hmm. I have to be the guy. I have to be like mentally turned on, you know? Yeah. And it, I know that if I go to any of the places I host my show, there's a potential that someone there is going to know who I am and they're going to want to talk work. Or that if yeah. I go to a different venue that I'm, I don't want to sound pretentious like, oh, I'm so famous. <laughs> I'm not. I'm so important. <laughs> it's like I'm popular in like four bars. <laughs> I'm hey, a solid D minus celebrity. Ones. I have almost. D minus. It's like, like the way I like to describe it. I'm a D minus celebrity. I've just barely not failed. I'm like hey. just not it's better than not that's better than failing <laughs> <laughs> but like i know that if i go to these shows i'm gonna have to be that like the character of aaron at nashville tour stop because that's the one everybody knows yeah and it takes a lot of like mental energy and stamina to be the entertainer yeah and a lot of the time i want to go honestly like what i did at the local this past week i I went to the local. I put on a disguise. I, I put on a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> I put on my sunglasses. It's like, have you been reading my diary? You have a newspaper <laughs> in the back corner. <laughs> I sat in the corner with my hat pulled down and did a crossword puzzle on my phone. Yeah. Like, I like going out and listening to music, but I don't want to be bothered. And don't get me wrong, listeners of the podcast, I'm not getting bothered that much. But like... I don't, I don't want to be bothered. I want to go sit in peace and quiet, which is more often than not why I just sit on my couch. Yeah. I love, like, when you leave shows, do you drive home and listen to the radio, or do you go home in silence? Um. You immediately turn on Taylor Swift. And yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, probably Taylor. <laughs> Depends. Depends on what I'm feeling after the show. Yeah, I always feel, like, super overstimulated after my shows, and mm -hmm. I drive home in silence, and a lot of times I'll drive to my shows in silence yeah, because I'm just having that internal monologue just rolling, mm -hmm. and I don't realize, oh, I just w I spent 20 minutes in my car in the quiet. Yeah. Because there's, like, noise in my brain. Right. And it's nice to just, you know, sit and be quiet. Yeah. Peaceful. Just have nothing happening to you. Listen to the Besides brown noise Besides paying attention the to the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What are your favorite ways to like come down from a show? If you like, for example, like last week was your birthday show. Mm -hmm. um, when you leave a big important show or a big busy show like that or something where you have to be like on, what? How do you come down from that? Well, I try to regulate it. So with that show, like everybody that I that was there is somebody I love very much, mm -hmm. and I also I don't I guess I don't feel like I have to be on right. with those people. Um, but usually the way I try to deal with that just at shows, because I feel like so many times when I'm catching up with somebody, the first thing is, how are you? How's music? What's been going on with your music? Here's what's going on with my music. And it's just like, that's the first thing. The 90 seconds. Right. Talk. And I don't even really think it's like a competitive thing. Mm -mm. I, I feel like at least for me, it's like a, I have to prove that I'm still doing things right and sometimes i'm not but that doesn't mean i'm not like a musician or anything but for me what i've been trying to do as of late <laughs> is i just ask people 
well, what's going on besides music? Mm-hmm. What's going on in your life or what what's going on like at home or how how are how's your family? How's you know, and just trying to develop those connections with those people past music because a weird existential <laughs> crisis I've been having lately is, you know, if tomorrow I broke every bone in my body and I couldn't play guitar anymore or if I couldn't sing or something, like who am I if I'm not a singer songwriter and also do my friendships are they even are they contingent can upon they the last music? past that yes right. exactly that's one of the things i i've been struggling with lately too is like i was i forget i was just sitting here at home yesterday and um i i literally out loud said to myself like what makes me happy because i couldn't think of something just mm-hmm. off the top because we're conditioned in nashville to work to stay relevant, constantly to stay in the yep. forefront of people's minds because we want to be successful. Yeah. But like I, I struggled with it for a second. I literally was like, what, <laughs> what do I do for fun? Yeah. Like what, what is just, what is just for me and not for the machine? And I really couldn't come up with anything like, yeah. because, because when I was a kid, it was playing the guitar. It was sitting right. and listening to Van Halen records because it wasn't a, a career at that point there's not and pressure th- yeah yeah the pressure of trying to make it a career now i don't want to say is ruined the joy of it because i still get joy out of those things right but i don't get the same flavor Ease. of joy it's not like relaxing it's, it's not, not relaxing yeah it's the same reason why i don't like going to big production concerts like mm-hmm. i don't want to go to the st- nissan stadium or bridgestone or anything unless it's taylor swift but yes keep unless going it's taylor swift, obviously. <laughs> Because the whole time I'm sitting there and in my brain, I'm thinking about like, okay, well, how is the stadium monetizing sponsorships or what's the road? You know, the ins and outs. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about the business of it. Yeah. I can't sit there and just turn that off and be like, yeah, this is a really good song. I can't sit there and do that. It's really hard for me. Yeah. And that's one reason why I don't go to many concerts, especially like just popular band concerts. I love going to watch my friends, but I think the last like quote popular person's concert I went to was Marin Morris at the Bridgestone. Mm. I got a free ticket. She's and so good. It was a fun concert. Yeah. But I really sat there and struggled to enjoy it. Yeah. It's hard to be like like a participant. It's yeah. like yeah, it's hard to just go there and, and be an audience member. Because we don't practice being an audience member we practice being the entertainer entertainer yeah and there really there there needs to be some way to like divide that yeah and that's something that i've been having a hard time with lately so the way that i've been dividing it is literally just space just not going to stuff Mm -hmm. because if i go to too many shows all of the songs start to sound the same and all of the conversations start to feel the same and yeah it ruins the the magic of it. Yeah. No, that's so true. That's why I'm like such a big advocate for hobbies. Mm-hmm. You know, you know me, <laughs> my hobbies. I'm always like taking classes or doing random things because I feel like it's really important for creative people to find creative outlets that like don't determine their success in life. You know, like you could still be a creative artist person and then go try out some new thing like pottery or acting or something like that. Right. But the whole world doesn't 
depend on how well you do in the class, you know? Your your livelihood isn't contingent upon right. the success of the hobby. Right. And you're doing it to like get better at it and like have fun, but you don't have to be amazing at it, especially at first. It's just like and, and I really love doing things where I'm not in my head thinking. Right. Because I feel like with songwriting and performing, like you have to sit in your feelings mm-hmm. and your thoughts and you're just living there. So I really like doing hobbies and creative things that like pull me out of it like with painting and stuff like i'm just i'm very much focused on on what i'm doing You're right there in that moment right and i'm not thinking because i'm so focused on right. like what i'm doing i guess i feel like that uh, it's kind of weird because i don't i'm not a huge video game person no I but have, that's the same yeah i have my switch yeah i play that. my switch all the time yeah, it's like i don't i'm not a i'm not a gamer but it is nice yeah. to, for the same reason why I love TV and movies, yeah. is because if I can hyper-focus on something that removes me from that constant stream of like work thought, it's really nice. Yeah. And it, that's how I relax, is trying to remove myself from a situation where I might work or where I might think about work. Right. And something I've been doing lately is leaving my phone away from me. Mm-hmm. And... It's it's a blessing and a curse, you know, communication, because people can reach out to me any time of the day, whenever they want. Hey, right. Can I play a show? Yes. Aaron, I was wondering, actually, could I play a show? <laughs> so you're like, actually, I don't care about the podcast. The real reason I'm doing this again is so you can book me more. But no, I've been leaving it away from me. And I watched the Minions movie. Oh, my God. Weekend. I haven't seen it. I mean, you know, it's so good. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, go ahead. I was going to say I watched Monsters University like (gasps) recently. It's so good. I actually cried like seven times. Like it was very, (laughs) but it's so emotional because I'm like, I was relating to it so, so hard Mm -hmm. just with music and stuff. I'm just like, I'm born to do this thing. And he like literally can achieve it no Mm. matter what he does. Right. And I was, it made me cry like a bitch. But like, I was this like, struck a chord that I was right. not prepared for. I love like Pixar movies and stuff, though. Like, I just, uh, but I, I should probably see Minions, see what the big was, deal I mean, is. It's, it's a wonderful, it's a children's movie, right? Which means it's, it's not sad. Yeah, it's, it's just got dumb. But sometimes like, they're still so like heartwarming. Just cream of the crop, just very simple to understand jokes. And I don't have to work to be like, hmm, yes, Oppenheimer. This is this, oh my is, God. A, this is a complex, you know, dialogue. But I want... It was a good movie. I want the minions to go... That's what I want. That's what I want to watch. Yeah, that's what I want to watch because that's yeah. easy to understand. I don't have to think. Yeah. I just get to watch something dumb for an hour and a half. And then the credits roll and yeah. I feel relaxed. Yeah, it's like I probably watch a chick flick like every day oh i watch movies every day i do too i watch yeah i watch a, i consume a lot of tv and movies but i it's just yeah i don't know i love rewatching movies i watched Same. devil wars prada yesterday and it's it still holds up <laughs> like, this movie is still i watched 27 dresses the day before i've never that. seen that one. Oh my god it's so good who's in 27 dresses uh katherine heigl, Catherine heigl. That's yes right. okay I knew and it was- um 
Oh, what is his name? Matthew McConaughey? No, I'm going to look it up right now. I'll keep talking. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoy rom-coms too because they're so formulaic. You would you love, know, oh, you you know love it. The beginning is going to be the cute, the meet cute. Yeah. And then they're going to fall in love and it's then act two is going to end. Martson? Who? This guy. Oh, James Marsden, yeah. What? <laughs> James Marsden, I recognize him. And um, Malene Ackerman, she's in a lot of gotcha. chick flicks, too. But it's it's the same reason why I like watching the same TV shows over and over again. It's because they're formulaic, and I know how they're going to start. Yeah. They're going to middle, and they're going to finish. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I don't have to get scared about the drama. It's going to end good. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I like doing it, because it removes me from reality. Yeah. Where I don't actually know how something's going to end. So the way that I fix that, if I'm, like, nervous or it, like, causes me a lot of stress to watch something, this actually drives Sean <laughs> crazy. And Emery, too. This drives her crazy. But I read the entire plot before the movie <gasps> even starts. I do the same thing. Yeah, I literally look it up, especially a horror movie. I do the exact especially same thing. Especially a horror movie or something that just, like, is going to require a lot of thought or something. I'm like, I need to know what I'm getting myself into because I get really stressed when I... Then I so I completely spoil it for myself every time. But I also <laughs> really like knowing when something's going to happen and I'm the only one in the room <laughs> Yes. What's about to happen? You're like, ooh, you're about to And then I'm just watching their reaction, <laughs> even though I've never seen the scene. <laughs> like I, I started doing the plot reading after I watched a horror movie with an old girlfriend of mine. Like we were sitting there and I didn't want to be like, Oh, I don't like scary movies. Right. I didn't want to tell her. I was like, I gotta be big and you gotta brave. read the whole thing. And plot I was first. sitting there and I didn't realize we were holding hands. I was like gripping her hands. What movie was it? I, a Texas Chainsaw Man. Ew, no, I've never like, seen it. I can't oh, do don't. gore. I can't do gore. I was gore. sitting there gripping her hand so hard. She looked over me and she straight up just goes, "Bro, are you okay?" <laughs> and I was, I, and that's when I like snapped back into reality. And I was like, "Oh, snap I, I back don't like to this. reality." It's like I really don't like this. She's like, "My hand hurts. I can tell." So that was when I started having to go through these movies and be like, all right, and the scary part's going to okay. happen. Yeah. So I There's actually a website that will tell you the exact minute to second when jump scares happen Oh, in every horror movie. I don't know if that would even help me. <laughs> You're I'd, like, be, I'd be like, oh, it's nine seconds away. But I feel like there's so many jump scares that are so so stupid, like for no reason in horror movies, especially like in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Before anything actually happens, they like open and like a cat jumps or something, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> because you're just so on edge. And I'm like, I hate that. I hate it. So, are rom coms your actual favorite movies? Yes. But I felt like <laughs> it there depends. was a but. My favorite movie is Dead Poet Society. I don't think I've seen that. Oh my God. It's so good. It's, it's sad, but it's really good. And it's also really funny and happy. Have you ever seen Meet Joe Black? No. It's got Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins in it. Oh. It's such a good movie. It's super long. It's like three hours long. I don't like Brad Pitt. So. You don't like Brad Pitt? No. Who are you? <laughs> I just don't like him. I can't even tell if you're joking. No, I'm not. <laughs> wow. Hot take. You yeah. heard it here first, folks. Becca Trimmel doesn't like Brad Pitt. And you can print that. <laughs> Feel free to quote me. <laughs> but on uh, on this movie, Brad Pitt, is, it's, a, it's a romantic comedy, for the lack of a better term, mm-hmm. kind of a drama. But Brad Pitt comes into the picture. He falls in, like, he and the girl fall in love. 
and then his character is immediately hit by a car and is killed. Oh, my God. So maybe you would like it because you hate him and he dies immediately. Oh, okay. That's fine then. But <laughs> uh, his, his character, or at least the actor of Brad Pitt, comes back. Mm. and I don't like that. But <laughs> he is the embodiment of the Grim Reaper. Ew. He comes back as death. And, oh, it's such a cool movie because everyone, everyone just thinks that he's this girl's boyfriend. Yeah. Except for the dad, Anthony Hopkins, who knows that he is death Mm -hmm. and knows that he's getting ready to die because he's met death. Mm -hmm. And they have to go through the entire movie of like her falling in love and so the the main girl like falls in love with death like it's Whoa. it's it's an interesting concept that's for a movie. cool i guess it's it's a good movie though so if you're willing to give brad pitt a chance i'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really okay, not so where did this hatred of brad pitt come from um a lot of reasons also we've got a lot of time <laughs> he's also just not he's not nice to his kids and stuff He's all not allowed his, to see his kids. Did you see? Angelina he got Jolie canceled. <laughs> he got canceled. Uh, I mean, I don't know anything about the man. Well, you gotta look it up. The myth. The, the legend. <laughs> the legend of Brad Pitt. I honestly can't name a Brad Pitt movie that I like. So that's also Mr. and Mrs. Smith. No. You mean the movie where he cheated on Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> And then they try to kill each other. Yeah. No, I thank can, you. I don't think I can even name that many other Brad Pitt movies. Yeah. Oh, um, he's in Inglorious Bastards. That, that's the one I was going to say. I've seen it once. It was fine. I like that movie. It was fine. <laughs> so what movies do you like? I like... Um, okay. Uh, Give us a glimpse into yeah. who Becca Turner, who I am. the woman Well, like is. I said, Dead Poet Society is my favorite. And then uh, I would say uh, A Promising Young Woman. Okay. Is tied with the Little Mermaid. <laughs> How did you feel about the live? I love duet? it. I haven't watched it. I love it. It's on Disney Plus now. It you is can on stream Disney it. Plus. It's so good. I'm I don't know how the world would feel about a grown man just sitting and watching the Little Mermaid, though. Yeah, but it's good. Okay. <laughs> Period. No, T. it's so good. I watch the Little Mermaid every year on my birthday. You really? I do. And um, but the live action came out on September sixth, the day <gasps> before my birthday, so I was still able to do it. But I did it with the live. Nice. This year. <laughs> so you have other and birthday I saw it traditions? in theaters. I saw it in theaters um, in June. What are your other birthday traditions? Because uh, I know you're a girl who loves her birthday. I do. I do love my birthday. Are you a whole, are you the birthday week celebrator? Yeah, I used to be. I'm kind. Of, I've calmed down. I calmed down a bit this year. <laughs> <laughs> my friends will tell you that though. Like Sammy, everybody gets so stressed around my birthday. Right. My close friends and stuff because. I'm like, did, have you ever seen that episode of New Girl where Jess is like a psycho about her birthday? Oh, yeah. And, and like it cuts yes. to Cece giving her like a sweater and uh, Jess goes, made in China. You're taking me to China? Because <laughs> <laughs> she just like expects the world. And that's how I've always been. I don't know why. Um, uh, and I don't like I'm, I don't feel like let down ever by anybody in my life because of my birthday. Like, you know, as long as I get to see people right. that i love and you know we had a great time at the at the show and you know but i i do i do get crazy about it and everybody in my life kind of starts 
freaking out. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, this isn't fun if everybody's really stressed. <laughs> are you are you familiar with the, the love languages thing? Yeah. Do you know what your like order of them is? I think mine is words of affirmation. Okay. And then quality time. Okay. But I don't know after that. Words of affirmation and quality time are mine as well. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't I didn't like know that those were things until I was like in my mid twenties. Yeah. And it had never occurred to me why I don't like receiving presents on my birthday and on Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's like it makes me feel uncomfortable and it feels performative because like somebody yeah. who loves giving gifts, they want to see that reaction of you like, oh, I love it. Yeah. Like when I give you your pet portrait today, even though it wasn't a gift, but I was still really excited to see <laughs> <Yeah>. your reaction. <laughs> I hate having to like fake excitement. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Socks with Michael Scott's face on it. <laughs> cool <laughs> i i hate that so i've had to tell my family like i don't need you to get me gifts i'm totally fine just spending holidays or my birthday with you just that is a hundred percent what right. i want to do but my family i hate even using the term unfortunately but like my family unfortunately love giving gifts <laughs> like that's what they want they want to give me stuff yeah and I remember it was for my 21st birthday. My oh dad God. asked what I wanted for my birthday. And I, like, knee-jerk responded, lasagna. And he's like, no, I mean, like, a like a present, like a gift, not just your dinner. Lasagna. And I, I doubled down. I was like, lasagna with breadsticks? <laughs> he's like, no, like, do you want a thing, like, some stuff? And I was like, no. Like, no. If, you, if you're hell-bent on doing something for me, make me dinner. Oh. If and if you're listening to this, listeners of the podcast, do you want to send me a present? Make me dinner. Make me dinner. <laughs> send me a gift card to Olive Garden. Oh my god! Because when I'm there, I'm family. I honestly haven't been to Olive Garden in so long. You haven't been out to dinner in so long. No, I went there. My no, I haven't been to Olive Garden. Oh, Olive Garden specifically. Yeah, sorry, I was thinking that. I think I went to Olive Garden the last time when I was a sophomore in high school. Going to prom, <laughs> <laughs> you, where you have to do like the, the quote fancy. Dinner. Yeah, I think I lit it. That's the last time I went. Where to you Olive show Garden. up to an Olive Garden in a full tuxedo and yeah. dress. I my dress was like white too. Like I looked like I was getting married. Like <laughs> eating a bunch of red sauce spaghetti. Oh my god! A bunch of butter and just loading up on carb before you go slow dance to Stairway of Heaven. Oh my god! Stairway of Heaven. Stairway to Stairway. Heaven. <laughs> Heaven. Stairway of Heaven. Oh, the is Stairway of the, Heaven. Uh, Tennessee you heard Baptist of it? Community <laughs> cover of it. The Stairway of Heaven. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, but I haven't been to an Olive Garden in a long time too. I used to live in Antioch. Yeah. Where there was an Olive Garden down the road from where I lived, mm-hmm. and I think that the actual last time I went there was um, when I moved to Nashville in 2017. Mm-hmm. My dad helped me drive down to town and helped me move into my apartment. And I didn't have any food. And he's like, oh, let's just go to the Olive Garden across the street. I'm like, oh, okay. That's so cute. And he bought me dinner there. And then he just patted me on the back. He's like, well, have a good time in Nashville. And he just drove away. And I was like, bye. Bye, Dad. <laughs> That's so sweet, like, though. I had a great send-off. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty good. Are we getting a group together to go to Olive Garden? <laughs> I, I think that's what we're getting at. Like... Let's, I'm gonna let's send reserve some a 30 top table 
of all of the tour stop <laughs> fam and just go to an Olive Garden. You know, they That's have hilarious. unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks. Oh my god! I well, as soon as you said breadsticks, that's pretty much what I've been thinking about this mm-hmm. entire time. So here's a revolutionary idea. Okay. <laughs> Let's have a restaurant where they have unlimited French fries, and you have tour stop there every week, every day, and then we all get unlimited fries. Like imagine, like okay, so. You know my song, Don't Invite Me to Your Wedding, unless there's an open I've bar. heard it. So imagine <laughs> imagine you go to a restaurant, and you pay the cover or whatever. You go to a bar, you pay the cover. In some restaurants, some bars, whatever you want to call them, that have live music, they have like the popcorn machine. Yeah. And you can just go scoop a little cup of popcorn. Imagine. But it's fries. French fries. Right. Yeah, sure. It's expensive, but imagine the <laughs> hype. Sure. It's like oh we'll be God, we'll be closed within the week. But have you guys been to the, have you been to this new place? There's unlimited French fries for free. It's like, are they good? And you're like, oh, but they're, they're kind of soggy. It's like covered. Dude, is $10. nothing's worse than a soggy fry to me. I would smash some free French fries, even if they were like floppy. I've, I mean, I've paid for sloppy French fries. Yeah, that's I a know. gross term. Sloppy French fries. <laughs> So hear me out. How about sloppy, like, not sloppy. Oh. <laughs> sloppy like, French fries. fries. But then if you want to have like cheese or chili on, yeah. there's your extra. Right. Yep. All the you, toppings. They've, they've got that whole nacho cheese, you know, the Tostitos <laughs> things that comes out. <laughs> it's like the ketchup and the relish and the mustard dispensers. Oh, but then yeah, if you yeah, want yeah, cheese, yeah, 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 yeah. There's your extra squirt, squirt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you writing this down? <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is going to be my next business venture. I think that's a pretty good idea. I had an idea for a restaurant. I, I thought specifically would do well in the Gulch. Mm. And it's called Smashedville. Smashedville. It's a, or Mashedville. Mm. But it's, mashed potatoes. It's a mashed potato bar. Oh, my God. Where it's a DIY build your own mashed potato bowl. But it, or you could also get like a baked potato. What if? You call it Mr. Potato, and it you all all you serve is potatoes, but in every there's form. There's fries. There's tots. There's, there's waffles, mashed potatoes. There's shoestrings. There's yeah. mashed. There's baked. You said waffle fries, yeah. There's sweet <laughs> potatoes. Yeah, there's sweet potatoes. Oh, that's so smart. I'm pretty sure that this is a billion dollar idea. <laughs> so if we see this pop up in the Gulch in the next few years, mm-hmm. this was our idea. Mr. Potato. <laughs> if you're going to the Mr. Potato Head bar, this is our idea. No, you can't do Mr. Potato Head because then we'll get sued. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Potatoes, probably. I'm pretty sure that this is a great idea, though. I think so. I have a lot of business ideas that I think are stupid, but then I have another couple that I'm like, mm. The baked potato. The baked potato bar might be a hit. <laughs> because you know what people in Nashville love? Yeah. A gimmick. That's true. People love coming to Nashville. I love a gimmick. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I bought my cowgirl hat and my boots at Boot Barn. That's like, true. Like, they had hey, the sale boot today. Barn? They Kinda had the slaps. sale today only. <laughs> two for one boots. Hey. It's like, oh, did you not know that the two for one today only boot sale is every day? I have gotten a few dresses at Boot Barn. And have you really? They kind of pop off What's sometimes. It the no. Second Avenue? No. Third Avenue? No. 
I feel like there's like six boot barns down there. It was like out of town. I was working for the radio station at the time and we were working at a boot barn and I was like, I'm going to go shop. And I did. Was this the radio station that spearheaded the song Joe? No. Different. Well, that wasn't one I was working for. Oh. That was one that was in Indiana. <laughs> ah. That I was trying to play on. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Wait, you worked at a radio station? Yeah. I didn't know this about you. I worked for country radio for like five years. You were the gatekeeper? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I worked in promo, so I did like events and concerts and social media and stuff. It was, cool. it was super fun. It was a great job. What did job. you do that? Um, with Cumulus Media. Okay. Yeah. Was that after Belmont? That was during Belmont, during Belmont and after Belmont. I interned there my sophomore year and then got a job. And then I worked there for like four or five years after that. That's a long time. It was a very long time. It was a good, it was a good job, though. I learned a lot. It was like nice to work in the industry um, at the time. <laughs> Did yeah. you want to get into the radio industry or was it just like a music adjacent job? Yeah, it was just kind of like a music adjacent job. But I learned so much like just about radio or like um playing as an independent artist on radio i learned a lot about that i learned you know i met a lot of artists that way and um i got just kind of like a peek into the behind the scenes that i hadn't really had before and i also met a lot of hosts like of radio the radio hosts, shows like yeah who were extremely kind and super helpful and That's answered cool. a lot of questions and you know still support me to this day so <laughs> <laughs> they're all great but it was a, uh, it was cool. I got to, and they also, you know, would let me play on some of their shows and stuff sometimes, or do like interviews. Like I did um, some segments on, like their morning show that they had. Um, they had a, t a segment called like Ten Minute Tune, where you'd write a song in like ten minutes and then oh, perform it cool. on air. And it was one of the syndicated stations, so that was like all over the country. That's and the really first cool. time that I played it, my at not my ex, my crush from like when i was eight <laughs> or six like my childhood, childhood first crush, crush ever um uh, he lives i want to say i don't know some i don't even know where he lives but he moved away when i was little and we're friends on facebook and he messaged me on facebook and he was like i heard you on the radio this morning <gasps> and you're like suck it and i was bitch. like is like, this I made it <laughs> yeah, i was like is this fame <laughs> is this what it's like to be famous yeah it was awesome <laughs> i've had that moment where you're like where you feel like you're famous even even if it's literally just with that like one person but i was on a first date once with a girl from bumble oh or my God. bumble or hinge or something and yeah i forget where we were but i had three different people come up to me during the date are and, you Aaron who runs doors like it, it, it happened and after the third one I had to look at the girl and be like okay so I know what this looks like I so I planned like, this and I paid them a lot of money it, it, it looks like I set this up to yeah. make me look cool and I promise that's not what happened that's she goes so funny it does look a little like you just set yourself up to look cool and I was like I promise that's not what happened and you know what happened after that I never went out with her again. <laughs> <laughs> so that tactic didn't work. <laughs> so it turns out I can't look cool. <laughs> no, Cross that, that off was the one list. Of those, that was one of those moments where it was like, okay, okay, okay. I feel a little 
Yeah. I know. I, I mean, totally get that. It wasn't like they were strangers. I knew who they were. They were, it would be like you coming up to me. Right. Just like friends. A, yeah. Yeah. Just a friend of mine. But to her, it looked like, oh, this guy's trying to be like, like, oh, Mr. Cocky Ego, dude. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, here he is. Everyone knows who you are. I thought you were doing like an accent. I was like, what is this? <laughs> oh, Mr. Cocky Ego. Oh, you got the Mr. Yeah. Cocky Ego, dude, here. Yeah. <laughs> Use, use my bad New York accent. Yeah. <laughs> the last time the bad New York accent came up is actually on an episode I did with Sean. Oh my God. So, um, Call back. If you're listening to this, this is uh, Sean Livingston's uh, episode where we did the top 10 music videos of the 80s. Yeah, which, great episode. That is that episode the one that is, got taken down? It got taken down. <laughs> Thank you, Spotify. But uh, so funny. we drank so much yeah. on that episode i remember hearing about it <laughs> i was super 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 fun times yeah. but uh i got locked into a bad new york accent <laughs> and i had well to go, paul was there too right yeah i had to go in and that's cut why <laughs> i cut in so much or i cut out so much of that episode already and i'm honestly a little relieved it got taken down that's it, so funny it was so hard to, to, to edit sober yeah. Going and listening to me. Chaos. Just Oh, it was. That's all it was. Just chaos. Just <laughs> loud shouting. Over one another. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Sean and I bless both of our hearts. We both love to talk. Talk. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And we talked over each other a lot. That's like the worst thing is when you're listening to a podcast and they're just like blah, 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 all over each other. And you're like, OK, why am I? <laughs> And you don't hear any of the words. Right. <laughs> I've gone through and micro-edited the podcast before where I catch myself or the guest, one of us talking over the other, and I'll just go through and be like, and you don't get to say that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely that was a nice that. thought that you never had. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all of these podcasts are totally unedited. <laughs> you like comp it. <laughs> Like yeah, vocals. I, I try to leave them as like flowy and unedited as possible, but every now and then, like there will just be a super long, awkward silence. Shit and happens. You have to, you have to like tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, like, like this that. one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's see how long we can go without talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, let's take a quick commercial break right here on the podcast, and we'll come back with more from Becca Trimmel on the Nashville tour stop. <laughs> With the homeschool girl herself, yeah. Miss Becca Trimmel, That's right me. here on the pod, Belka. Bel <laughs> Belka. <laughs> you almost just kicked Phyllis in the face. <laughs> this is a little more unhinged than the usual ones because so many of the first times I have people on the podcast, I have to do the very... Yeah. Like, tell me about your upbringing in music. And this time we're just like, let's talk tell about me, the dog. Tell me about your childhood trauma. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, you just probably, listening, you probably just heard Phyllis shake her, her, collar, her collar right there. So, Becca. Yes. Tell me about your childhood trauma. Well, it all started when... <laughs> You're like, where do we begin? Yeah, the beginning. <laughs> it's like, how far back uh, do you want me to go? Birth. <laughs> 
It's like, do you just want to do, you know, like adolescence, like first through right. sixth grade, or do you want to start getting into like yeah. middle school trauma where well, I, I feel like bullied? We're gonna have to separate it on different podcasts. Like it'll have to be a series. Like Let's this just will do be an like episode per grade. Yeah, no, that's true. But I was homeschooled. Phyllis, for what are you doing? Those grades. She is acting up right now. Honestly, trauma only started when I went to public school. So <laughs> it's a weird trend, isn't it? Yeah. So we just we just teased. You did go to homeschool. I to went homeschool. to homeschool. You correct. Had, <laughs> you, you went to homeschool. Yeah. But uh, my how living long were you room. Homeschooled? I was homeschooled uh, um, my entire like elementary school so until until ninth grade? seventh grade seventh grade yeah so you started eighth grade public school i started seventh grade public school okay so, so what was your in, first experience like in a public school so in utah i don't know because it's different in tennessee because i teach kids here mm -hmm. and they go into middle school in sixth grade okay um but i didn't go into middle school until seventh grade so when i started i it was the first day of middle school and um I honestly wish I had been homeschooled through middle school, <laughs> but I was so excited. Like I was just my whole life. I had been watching movies and shows about high school and I didn't have like a lot of friends cause I lived on the mountain where I grew up. And so I, the only friends I really had were like on my swim team. Mm -hmm. Um, but even then, like I couldn't spend time with them because I lived a half hour away up a canyon <laughs> so, so i just didn't really have that many friends and i really loved like just like watching shows and i was like oh my gosh like imagine what it's like to go to school or have recess you, so or, what you're saying is you imagined what it was like to have friends yeah i did <laughs> and i was like because all i really had was my brother and my sister and my family and our animals <laughs> but um which was amazing but i just i was like what's it like to I don't know, just go to someone's house. How do I socialize? <laughs> yeah, or just like have a sleepover. Or did your middle or not your middle school, did your homeschool program not have like homeschool get togethers? No, because we were on a mountain. <laughs> yeah, I so stress it enough. My mom, I was on a yeah, mountain. Well, my mom and my dad were not working at the time. So my dad like took a break from his job for a okay. few years and my mom was stay at home and she was our teacher. She like did everything. She like she had like a homeschool teacher like card thing that let us get a bunch of books and, and curriculum. So, Utah. Sundance, Sundance Utah. Utah. Just for those of the listeners right. who skipped episodes. So there were like a couple kids on the mountain that we would hang out with, but it was they kind of left and or they were there like seasonally, mm -hmm. you know? Um not a lot of people lived there full time. Okay. A couple people did, um, but not not really a lot of kids. And like, even I was like, "What's trick or treating like?" We I couldn't trick or treat because I didn't live in a neighborhood, and it was always snowing on Halloween. So like, one of the houses on the mountain was like, "Oh, bring all the mountain kids to our house, and we'll like have the parents." go behind doors in the house and that's how we trick-or-treated wow. until i was like 15 <laughs> so i know we didn't which was we like, amazing talk about trauma but here it is no but it wasn't it was like it was it's great though like it was amazing and i i got to experience a lot of other amazing things like we went my family is super close we went on road trips all the time i saw so many national parks i've been to every cool. state besides hawaii and alaska really like, yeah and i also 
we only were homeschooled like a couple hours a day. We would start at like nine and finish at noon. And then the rest of the day I would have like music lessons or horseback riding lessons or swim team. Like I was able to figure out what I wanted to do from a very early age because I wasn't in school all day, you know? I do think about that because when I was in private school growing up, there were a bunch of classes that I'll I'll be brief, but I don't use that knowledge ever. Right. But it's like, what? I, I, I appreciate the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s computer classes I had. Yeah. It's like, Mavis Beacon teaches typing. <laughs> like, that was relevant information. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really wish that I didn't hit, have to take, like, art class. Because I was never, <laughs> ever good at painting or drawing. I got a C- minus on a 10-point grayscale. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, my art teacher was like, do you really just not see how much darker this one is than this one or how much lighter this is? And I was like, no. Like, I just, like, I was, just, <laughs> was, I was bad at it. That's okay. And I was like, I wish that I hadn't had to devote that much time to something that I didn't care about. When, yeah. Like, I obviously, as a, even as a kid, I cared about, like, music class mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I wish that I had the foresight or the school that had the foresight to be like, hmm, this doesn't seem to be a strength of this child. Right. Let's put them into something that maybe they can do. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, like, I feel like I'll probably, if I have kids or something one day, like I'm, I would love to homeschool them because I feel like it really helped me. Like I said, just like figure out what I liked mm-hmm. and I wasn't wasting time in other areas you know, like, cause I, I didn't, I wasn't behind at all when I went into actual school, I wasn't behind at all. And, but I was only doing actual school for like two or three hours. hours a day, you know, Yeah, you don't need to spend an hour a day learning calculus, which so many kids in high school do. And then you graduate your senior year and you're like, well, that was useless. Yeah. Just wasted a bunch of my time doing that. For sure. And I feel like the other thing that I just didn't know really how to deal with when I went into school was I was experiencing, I guess, like drama for the first time, but also just like people being mean to me or like girls being mean to me for mm-hmm. really no reason, which I didn't understand. I was like, you don't even know me. <laughs> you don't even. It's like, why would you yeah, say that? You I'm like, you don't know anything about Exactly. Me. I was just like, why? I, I didn't get it. I was just like, why? What is the deal? Like, I didn't understand why people were just rude for no reason. I didn't get the whole high, like public school hierarchy situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I could have gone without that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Ninth grade was that experience for me because I did first through eighth grade at private uh, private Christian school, mm-hmm. and ninth grade was my like expose and kids being mean. And yeah, it was the first time I'd ever been bullied. Yeah, and it's there was horrible. this one one kid I forget his name, but he bullied me so hard in my fifth hour physics class, and I got one zinger on him one time. <laughs> and Good for you. It's because he had gotten held back. Mm-hmm. And he had to do ninth grade three times. Oh, my God. And I heard about that. And he was making fun of me one day. Oh, you don't get it? And I was like, well, you obviously don't get it because you've taken this class three times. And he took my head and just smashed it right down into the desk. Oh, my God. And I, I earned that black eye. But I was like, you know what? God. 
I feel good right now. Kids are so mean. Yeah. And it was like, it's so crazy. Like, like the first day of ninth grade, I took a gym class. It was like my second or third period of the day. I took a gym class and I made a tie dye shirt. Like it was just a shirt that I had and I wore it to gym and the entire year they called me tie dye. <laughs> Like that was my side eye guy. <laughs> I never like after the first day of gym class, I brought a different shirt. Oh my <laughs> because, gosh. Because that's I was so like, sad. why are these kids being mean to me over yeah. what I'm wearing? Because at private school we had to wear the same uniform every day. Yeah. And I understand why private schools do that now. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're all the you we're all the same. Right. We're all taking the same classes. We all wear the same clothes. We all believe the same things, black and white, black and white, black and white. Right. And then as soon as I had the non metaphorical tie dye. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, ah, I don't like this. This is too much. <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy how formative those years are, but like how many mistakes you make. Like, I I didn't know how to do makeup, but like I still wore makeup to school, you know, but it I'm sure it didn't look good. <laughs> right. But or I I straightened my hair every single day. That for was the look back years, then. like slick, straight, and I can't imagine you with flat iron. Hair. I know. I used to do it every day, and it was terrible for my hair. And then I, I didn't wake up early enough one day, and I had curly hair at school, and people were like, "What the happened? Is this your hair?" Like, and I was okay? like, "Yeah," and I was so embarrassed. But then people were like, "No, it's it's really good. It's cute. It's cute." But because I had been straightening it every day, the only part that was curly was like the lower layers, mm -hmm. and the top layers were like straight. Wow. Because I had been putting heat on my hair for so long. And then I was like, okay, well, I just started wearing, I like, na now I never straighten my hair. From that day, I was like, I'm not straightening <laughs> my hair anymore. And I don't. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you with straight hair. Yes, you have. have Every I? I wear it and then people don't recognize me. And it also looks a lot blonder when it's straight. Okay. It is kind of a dirty blonde brown. We call her straight hair now. Becca. You've, we've joked about this before. Oh, did we really? Yeah. <laughs> straight hair Becca. Yeah. Because everybody's like, and then they double take like, and they're like, oh, my you? God. <laughs> so, you know, Sam Costigan, right? Yeah. So for those of you listening who don't know, Sam Costigan's another Nashville songwriter mm -hmm. here in town, um, kind of adjacently related to Tour Stop. She's played our shows several times. Yeah, but, she's great. Um, every time she plays Tour Stop, I call her Sam Costigan, best hair in Nashville. She has great hair. Her hair is spectacular. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. But she came up to me the other day and said, you know, Aaron, like you always call me Sam Costigan, best hair in Nashville. And at first I thought you were just being annoying. And <laughs> then you, she, she was like, but you kept doing it. And I was like, oh, maybe he actually thinks that I have good hair. That's she got so stickers of her hair, like the cutout of her hairdo. And she's like, the only reason I got these is because you said that That's I had so the best smart. hair. That's yeah. so smart. And I was like, I that. She really does. It's like a big part of like when I think of her, I think of her, really? of her hair. Yeah, hair. for sure. And I guess that's like, I don't want to blow myself up too much, but it's a good example. I don't want to. It's like, careful. <laughs> yeah. Why, if you're just nice to somebody. Yeah. Like it makes them feel good. Well, I feel like a lot of people don't really realize like what their best attributes are too, mm -hmm. you know, but like if they're pointed out to them, then. Then you know. That's the only way you know. One of my best attributes, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you, you're, you're, you're I'm like thinking. Like, you're like, uh, I don't know. You're funny. You don't have to answer that. Please don't answer that. On you the write funny songs. That's a personality trait? Yeah. Is that an attribute? Your sense of humor is a personality trait. What do you like most about me physically? 
<laughs> don't answer that. Don't answer that. You but have dimples. <laughs> my dimples? Yeah. I have dimples? Yeah. I what? see it. <laughs> I didn't know I had dimples. Yeah. You have dimples, too. Not really. I can see them right now. <laughs> I think we only have dimples in this room. <laughs> okay, so are we learning both live on the air that each of us have dimples we didn't know about? I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. Have you ever heard of back dimples? Ew. Ew is right. It's, <laughs> it's like, who is so, Sounds like something back? I don't want. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Well, Becca, you said you've been working on some stuff. What's uh, what's going on in the Becca Trimmel world these days? Because I, uh, I know we just talked about like having the conversation of like, What's going on with you, you know, personally? Yeah. Right. I do want to hear the professional stuff, though. What's going on in the artist's <laughs> career? Um, You're going so, on a tour soon, aren't you? Yeah. So, Sean and I are going on a tour we in October. We should say his full name. We haven't said his full Lon name. Right? Shivingston Lon Shivingston. And <laughs> You're dating an NBA player. Yes, I am. It's been great. He's so <laughs> tall. <laughs> um, no. So, <laughs> we're going on a tour in October. Um, it's going to be great. We're kind of going like across the country to Utah where I'm from. We're starting in Cleveland where he's from and playing a show there. We're doing some stuff with his family. We're going to Cedar Point for Halloween weekend. Um, and then we're going up to Chicago to play a show on a Sunday, I want to say. Um, and that, I forget what area it's in. Is it Highland Park? Something Park. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's a super cute area. Um, And then uh, we're going to St. Louis. Cool. Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City, Utah. Yes, Kansas City, Utah. Back to Denver. Denver? Yeah. Is that? That's where Emery lived for a little while, right? Correct. That's cool. That's where she's from. Really? Yeah. You didn't me know learn that? things about my friends. I'm you kidding. didn't know that? From Denver. <laughs> it's like, like she, she literally says it every time she plays. That's crazy. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I remember when she moved away back to Denver. I was so sad. Yeah, I was devastated. And then we guilted I've, her into moving yeah. back. Oh, yeah. I did that. Every time she came and visited, I was like, when are you moving back? Until she would cry. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. So a good friend of mine named Paul Ivy just moved to Iowa. Oh. And I miss him so much. I know. I miss him so much, too. A good, good friend of mine is yeah. on the podcast once. He's so uh, sweet. About a year and a half ago, but he just moved to Iowa, and I'm not trying to guilt him into moving back. Already? <laughs> but I called him the other day, and I was just like, man, I miss you so much. And he's, I, I, I know I got him. Yeah. He's so, so Paul, sweet. So, Paul, if you're listening to this, he's not listening to this. Yeah, no. <laughs> but... But it's it is hard when your best friends move away. It's so hard, especially like with Emery. We went from being on a cruise ship together, literally spending every single waking, waking and sleeping moment together to uh, living together during the pandemic. We've talked with you about it and we man about it. I just heard my own accent. All right. All right. We've talked with you about it, and we've talked with Emery about it. You did the Carnival Cruise Line, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things Emery and I talked about that we didn't get a chance to talk about that I'd love to ask you, is that something you would do again? Yes. And Emery's answer was... Yes, but yeah, she she wasn't thinking that she would want to do one of those super long. I'm contracts the same way. Again. We talk about this all the time, her and I. Um, we kind of want to do like the fill in. 
couple week long mm-hmm. situation because the four month contract that we did our first one was so long and i she might have said this but like the first day we got there we weren't even put in the same cabin so yikes we get to this cruise ship i've never been on a cruise ship in my life and we were filling out all this paperwork we also didn't know where to eat the entire first day we didn't eat for like 14 hours Yikes. and because we didn't know we didn't know anything mm-hmm. we were literally put to work immediately when we got there and uh here's your stateroom key here's the stage Please yep, plug in exactly and we didn't know anything we got in trouble the first day like it was just it was crazy and then we had to go back to our own rooms and we weren't even together because it was like um it was like a risky thing to mm-hmm. put two new people on a cruise ship together in the same room because we didn't know any of the po- like procedures if we were going down. <laughs> so, right. um, uh, but the first day we both got there and we were like, we have made a terrible <laughs> mistake. <laughs> we were like, this is not good. And also the first month was amazing, but it was also really hard. Like, you feel so disconnected from everybody back home. Like I felt disconnected from my family. I like was having situations back home with friends happening and I couldn't talk to them about it because I only had service occasionally. I like had a boyfriend and that was really hard. Like it was just, it was all super hard, but we were in Mexico (laughs) every three days and that was amazing. And the experiences we had, the people we met, incredible like just playing music for four hours every day for people like that was incredible and it yeah exactly we were full-time musicians and we were also really honing in our craft and like working with each other and learning that because we we had never really played together before that we were like we're a duo but we didn't Right. We never played together besides Didn't like you rounds lie and stuff. About we did. You knew we like lied. 300 songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was just like, it was amazing. And I always tell people the highs were really high and the lows were really low. And I would definitely do it again, but the four months was tough. We were gone for Thanksgiving. We were gone for Christmas. We were there for New Year's. Uh, we were gone for my birthday. All mm-hmm. of fall, we were, it was summer. It was summer forever. <laughs> which was cool but that like i just missed being able to like wake up and walk somewhere to go get breakfast or coffee Mm -hmm. or to just walk on land or to just i don't know like you also are at work 24 7 so we had to act a certain way all the time behave a certain way all the time we always had to have our um our name tags on and it was you never leave work basically even when you're at crew bar, even when you're doing whatever, you're still you have to identify yourself that I am because you represent of the ship. Carnival, or we would be off the ship in different you know places, and we had to you know be mindful of the way we acted, we we behaved and stuff, and which is fair, but at the same time, you do that for four months. It's like anxiety. It's like living in a, a lot yeah, of anxiety, a box of anxiety of like if I do one thing wrong, it yeah. could ruin everything for myself and potentially for this other person well emory and i's job depended on each other so if i fucked up then like she would get fired too right they can't fire just one of us so 
we just and also we're living with another person in like a closet basically but and you're not getting the luxurious exterior you know balcony the, the balcony, balcony with the room. we didn't even get a porthole i wanted a porthole so bad <laughs> yeah you're living yeah. in one of those 150 square foot yep. rooms where it you don't even have a desk tiny we did have a desk you did ha- we you did had have one a desk. desk we had a desk and a little mini fridge and then we hung up a bunch of streamers and pictures of taylor swift <laughs> and we called that our party corner nice. <laughs> and i could touch the party corner from my bed <laughs> Um, uh, and it, I mean, it, it was amazing. And I met so many people, you get really close to people very fast because you're going to wonders of the world with them and you're on a ship where you, you see that, them like, level of codependency with people yes. because you're like, you're with, for example, Emery, you two were together probably All nonstop for yeah. four straight months. Yeah. And then it was probably a, a precursor to like COVID when you're just like stuck with someone. Yeah. And like, I need to not be with you for a while. But we like didn't really feel that way. Like there was no time. I don't know. Like we would have little tiffs and whatever as you do with people. But Emery and I, I think we're just extra respectful and understanding of each other it's good like she went through shit on the ship i went through shit on the ship and it was just kind of like a we needed to be we needed to give Mm -hmm. each other grace all the time you know you can't expect somebody to be at their best like constantly especially when we're living in a box you know you just have to like be extra understanding and you like Literally perfect just- example of this. I hate the smell of lavender. It is my least favorite smell in the entire world. Great. It's not that good. It's I it makes me nauseous. Like I hate it. I've always hated it. And <laughs> Emery loves it. It's Emery's favorite smell <laughs> in the entire world. She loves it. It's like everything to her. And in our room. In our box of a room, she had everything. Everything was scented lavender. Everything was scented lavender. <laughs> and it, it made her so happy. And she would like, she just made sure it smelled good all the time. But it, it smelled like lavender all the time. Everything she had. <laughs> and we, um, and I never said anything. I never said anything. Because she was going through a hard time. I had just gone through a hard time. And she was really nice to me about it. And I was like, you know, she's going through a hard time. <laughs> And we went to one of our friend's cabins to do like a face mask night. And the friend was like, oh, do you want this mask that's like mint or this mask that's like lavender? And I was like, I don't want lavender. I don't like lavender. I hate it. And Emery was like in the I didn't think that she heard it, but she was like, you don't like lavender. (laughs) And I was like, Uh. no. And she was like, everything in our room is lavender. And I was like. Yes. I know. <laughs> and she was like, like, this is me. She was horrified. She was like, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> and I was like, because it makes you happy. Like That's it was one of those just... formidable moments of a friendship where you're like, <laughs> you realize the other person loves you more than they hate this. Exactly. Of and like, that's just the kind of like, we had to be so over the top understanding of mm-hmm. where we were at and like just extra, extra respect, extra, respectful. extra over communicative yeah. about everything. Exactly. Or, just like understanding like, okay, Emery had, she had like a lot of like bigger, like clothes, like she loves coats and stuff. And so like 
she would take up more space than like I would in certain, but, and, but it's just like, that's fine. You know, <laughs> like, because I don't, I, my, I did, I don't love coats. So, right. you know what I mean? Just like a, whatever like made her happy. And she felt the same way about me. Like whatever made me happy. It was just like, yeah, because finding those little moments of like home and happiness and peace was super important on the ship. Because I can imagine the disconnect, like, even if you don't have cell service, like, did you have to pay for internet service? Yeah, we had yeah. to pay. Not So for normal internet, I think it was $10 for like 90 minutes of internet. That's crazy. So, but if you were just using Messenger, so if you just wanted to like send texts or send Instagram messages or um, like use Facebook or something, it was $4 a day. Okay. But that's $4 every 24 hours for four months. Yikes. That's a lot of money. That's a ton of money. And so you didn't... That's, like, I, that's over... A, that's, what is that? Yeah. Like $500 or something? 600 bucks. So when Emery was like single on the ship, like she was like, oh, I don't have to like pay to use the internet every day. But like I had to pay to use the internet every day. <laughs> and like it was just... It's hard because you want to talk to people back here, you know? And you want to feel connected to them. Exactly. So, but then it was like, do, but then also you're, what if you spend $4 on the internet and then you're gone most of the day off the ship Mm -hmm. and you just like waste that money, you know, because it's timed. Right. So So I bet you really, did you ever have days off when you were ported where you could spend time like in Mexico at a restaurant or something that might have free Wi-Fi? Yes. Yeah. I'm that sure was the first thing, were, first place we went. <laughs> you're like, let's go to the Starbucks yeah. inside of a Target here. But, you, but my service wouldn't let me talk to people on the phone unless I was in the United States. Mm-hmm. So every four or five days I could make calls. But I didn't want to do that the entire time, you know. So we would go to a coffee shop and we would get on the internet, do our things, make our calls, go to Target. We had to get groceries. Like, we had not groceries, but, like, toiletries and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, it was just like, a, we're back in the States. Let's <laughs> do all of our shit. <laughs> but was, we didn't uh, have a car also. I, so we're, I like, was, Ubering around. <laughs> I was in Mexico not too long ago, and I, I have AT&T, and I bought the, like, international AT&T plan. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, like, 30 bucks for a month. And I feel like now if I ever did something like this, that would be what I would want to do is yeah. just like, cause you may not have service in the middle of the ocean. Right. But at least if I'm like in Mexico, if I'm there ported for 12 hours or something or eight hours, like I can still just sit and just dick around on my phone. Like, right. oh, this is something to do. Wow. It's like, yeah, it's at least it's just something to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, well, Becca, we've talked about a bunch of stuff, uh, since your last episode, I do have one other question. Mm-hmm. Are there any places in town that, unrelated to like the music industry, are there places in town lately that you have enjoyed going that you would recommend to people who are either listening and live here or are considering moving here or just visiting that you would be like, go do this or go eat here? Every single time I talk to a tourist or somebody who hasn't been here yet, I tell them to go to the Johnny Cash Museum. The Johnny Cash Museum? It's the greatest museum I've ever been to in my whole life. I have never been there. It's amazing. I cry cry like a bitch every time (laughs) I go there. It's so powerful. It's so amazing. It's small, but you could spend 
hours in there. It's so well done. It's beautiful. Like, okay. it's so good. That's downtown on 3rd Avenue. Yeah, it's right off, off of Broadway. Broadway. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Right above is the Patsy Cline Museum. Um, but I went to the Johnny Cash Museum, like, right after it opened. And they, they have letters between, like, him and June. And, like, him and his first wife, obviously. Like, when he was at war. Just, like, just really personal things. It's It, t- it takes you through, like, his whole story. That's his cool. His whole life. And then it ends in a really great way and i won't spoil it for you because it feels like a movie but like it's just it's super powerful That's and cool. i didn't even love him at the time you know what i mean i was like it's johnny cash of course you know he's great but i wasn't like johnny cash and it's still like it's very moving interesting so check yeah. out the johnny cash museum yeah did you see the cover i put on my instagram <laughs> So if you're listening and you don't follow my personal Instagram, <laughs> I did see um, that. I did a parody video of Johnny Cash singing Barbie Girl. Yeah. And it makes me want to start just a video series called Johnny Cash Sings dot dot dot. And <laughs> <laughs> it could be really funny to do impressions of Johnny Cash singing other popular songs. It's a good idea. Or like, could you imagine me as Johnny Cash singing relapse bop version. Oh my God, that would be so funny. And you should relapse absolutely do that. Cash you should do that as a series where you cover different people. Cover my friend's music. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good idea. You'll always be my first love. <laughs> Brandon Ellis. <laughs> Magic. I'm not your mistress. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. I well, love that. Becca, thank you for coming back on the pod. Thanks for having me. Can you give us your plugs? Wait, hold on before your plugs. Before the plugs. We didn't talk directly about it, and I want to talk about one more thing. Okay. Talk about little lion pet portraits. Portraits. Portrait (laughs) pets. Okay. So um, I started a little side hustle a few months ago where I'm I'm painting (laughs) different portraits of my friend's pets um so uh they're really fun i really enjoy it basically what what happened was <laughs> i was in minnesota for about a month this summer and i was watching my uh, my sister's animals she has three pets and while she was gone i was like i'm gonna paint her animals and make it really cute and i painted all three of them and she was like oh my gosh these are great you should do this like as a little business and I was like I don't think anybody would pay me to paint anything so I'm not good <laughs> and um as it turns out and so I started doing it and I've got a you know a bunch of awesome people who have reached out to ask for portraits and stuff and it's been amazing and uh, it's funny because usually I don't even know the animal and then I'll meet the animal upon giving the portrait to the person um like I met Phyllis today and I and I gave Phyllis her pet you portrait Phyllis. yeah she, I'll post a photo of your your painting with I'm really proud of this episode. one yeah <laughs> it's cute but um yeah if you're if you're interested in having your pet painted <laughs> If you're Let me know. Your pet painted, Becca, what is the Instagram for it? It's at Little Lion Pet Portraits. Little Lion. But pet it's portraits. also just really cute to follow along because I post um, pictures of all the ones I do and the in, and the inspo photos of the of the animals. So it's cute. It's cute and fun. Well, <laughs> thank you for painting me a portrait of Phyllis the dog. Yeah, and unfortunately, I've made more money on pet portraits than I ever have in music. So. 
that is a harsh reality. Harsh reality. But you know what? That's fine. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Becca, can you give us your plugs on where we can find yes. your music, your um, socials? At Little Lion Becca on everything. I should be releasing something in the next few months, so look for that. Um, it has to do with cowboys and maybe a man named Joe. And uh, yeah, at Little Lion Becca on Facebook, Becca Tremel. But yeah. At Little Lion Becca. Correct. On everything, basically. On everything, surprisingly. Yeah. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. And that's one of those things that I've talked about with a lot of people is like, what should my Instagram handle be? And it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. But you say it should be Make it consistent, consistent, but like the name of the artist. But like my artist name is not Little mm. Line Becca, but I think it's fun and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, Ed Sheeran's Instagram is Teddy's photos. That's true. Like it doesn't. Casey Musgraves is Spacey Casey. Spacey Casey. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like just at Casey Musgraves. Like it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. The true true. fans know. (laughs) So true. (laughs) Well, if you'd like to follow Phyllis, you can check her out at Phyllis the Wiener on Instagram. I'm about to follow her right now. (laughs) Follow Becca Trimmel at Little Lion Becca and Little Lion Pet Portraits on Instagram. (laughs) If you'd like to check out Becca's tour schedule with Sean Livingston, you can do so at BeccaTrimmel.com. You can follow us on your social media platforms at Nashville Tour Stop. And if you'd like to check out our complete live event calendar, you can find us at NashvilleTourStop.com. Becca, welcome back to the pod. Thank you for for having having been part of now uh, two episodes, I believe. I'm Uh, trying to go for like 10. 10? (laughs) And thank you for having played like 50 Nashville Tour Stop shows. 50? Maybe more. (laughs) Maybe more. (laughs) Maybe more. Well, thank you for being here. Y'all, thank you for listening this week. We will be back next week with episode number 98. (gasps) We're closing in on the Centennial Podcast. Oh, my God. We're going to be having a three-part episode for the 100th episode. That's amazing. Uh, We're going to have Mike Dunbar, our original co-host. We're going to have Aaron Cooper, our second co-host. And we're going to have a third part with a bunch of our fans, fams, and friends' favorite memories, along with a few of my favorite memories over the years. That'll be episode number 100 coming up here in the month of October. But until next time, please do remember that all roads lead right back here. To the, the Nashville, Nashville tour, tour stop. stop. Yeehaw, Yeehaw motherfucker. motherfucker. <laughs>